Bokertov, we are still at the beginning of Parshat Va'era. Mm-hmm. And we just yesterday explained the idea of Ushmi Adonai lo nodati la'em. What that meant, that they did not see God in His true essence, meaning they did not see God fulfill His promise, so they couldn't know God in full. But Moshe will see God in His glory and will know God in the name of Adonai. Now, we said yesterday, we closed the Pasuk 12, where Moshe says to Hashem, you're telling me to go to Paro and tell him to bring Bnei Israel out. I, I just went to Bnei Israel and told them about how you're going to bring them out of Egypt, and they didn't listen to me. What are the chances that Paro listens to me? And we, we continue from there from Pasuk 13. By the better knowing Moshe Aaron. So God commanded Moshe and Aaron and he commanded them to go to Bnei Israel and to the king of Egypt and to Paro Melech Mitzrayim to take Bnei Israel out of Egypt. Now, there really isn't a response to Moshe's uh, concern. It's just an order. It keeps, Hashem keeps an order. God simply orders him and tells him, Don't worry. Don't worry. Now, all of a sudden, in the text, we're going to have a list yes. of the family, the, the, some of the families of Bnei Israel. Yeah. Ironically, the list stops at Moshe and Aaron, yeah. meaning it starts from Reuven, so it's not necessarily a list of only Levim, but at the same time, it seems like the whole purpose of the list is to tell us about the backstory of Moshe and Aaron, how they became, uh, what, their, what their families are, yes. who their families are, but it's just a weird, it's a little bit of a weird thing. Because why would you include Reuven? Here it says, El Rashebet of Bene Reuven, the Holy Sahanok, Volukhasor, the Harmi, Ubne Shimon, Imuel, the Amin, the Aldeas, okay, Reuven, Shimon, and then Levi. But Levi, it opens up because Moshe and Aaron are from Levi, so it describes Levi in full. And then it just stops at Moshe and Aaron. And who Moshe and Aaron? Hem am Dabarim el Parom and Hussein, Bahi, Biom di Bera, Moshe and Hussein. And then we get back to the story. So there are two questions with this part. Why is it? You see what I'm referring to? We're in Pasuk, we're in Perak Vav. No, no, I don't hear what you said. Come, come, come. Say that. Oh, yes, it's there. Okay, so you see what's going on. So let's just take a step back and understand the story for a second. Moshe complains to Hashem. He says, Bnei Yisrael didn't listen to me. Why would Paro listen to me? And then Hashem commands him, go to Paro anyways. Yes. And... The next time Moshe goes to Paro, it's going to be with a miracle. It's going to be... It's going to start. This it's going to start. start. It's going to start. And he's going to tell him, I'm going to harden Paro's heart, but you're going to now start to see my miracles. So for the, we know that the pending item on what's about to happen in our parasha is here. Is the first miracle, which is the, the Aaron staff turning into a tannin. So we're also going to discuss, okay? Yeah. Oh, Ben, can we go back a little bit for a pasuk? Is there any other places that there's dual prophecy? Yeah, there, there is. There is. There are a few places. And... And, and, and ironically, that's, that's what they, it, yeah, it doesn't necessarily, but the Mifarshim are, are, there are some interpretations that it's just 
by the Be'er al-Moshe le the Be'er al-Aharon. Meaning, it's not necessarily... It's not necessarily that God also spoke to Aaron and unveiled himself to Aaron the way he does to Moshe. But sometimes he does. And I think there's another place... Uh, there, there are, you could look it up, honestly. You could just type in the words by the Be'er Adonai Moshe Ve'laron and you'll see how many times it comes up in the Torah. I think by some of the laws of Kehuna, it also says by the Be'er Adonai Moshe Ve'laron. And the Mefarshim always say, point out something about it. There's always Midrashim about it. So it's. it's is, is there any. Is, I'm sorry to ask you, brother, but is there any place to say by the Be'er Adonai El'aharon? I think, I think once. There is? I think once. Um. Let me look it up right now. So Aaron is a prophet. Yes. In theory. No, he's one of those. He became the Queen Gadol also. No, I'm there, but he's considered a prophet. Let me find it. I don't know what the uh, where you find the official list of prophets. Probably in the Gemara somewhere. The Gemara, yeah. My opinion. Don't go by your opinion. I know, but, but every, here is all of, is all, at the end, is all opinions. I mean, everybody no, is giving. There are, there are multiple places where it says, And then there's once where it says, Yeah, so Baruch Hashem, I did not mislead you. Uh, there, there is, in, it's in Vaikra, Perek Yud, Pasuk Chet. It's by the Ber Adonai Laharon Lemor. And then there are three other times where it's by the Ber Adonai Moshe Ve'laron. No, there's multiply places, I guess. Five, maybe five times even. I'm seeing more. Okay. But when it says Moshe Ve'laron, it, it's not talking to Botu. Most of the time, it's talking to Moshe. I don't know. Then... Anyways, let, let's so not lose track because it's already a confusing part of our parasha. Whenever, whenever if, if, if you think he's, he's a prophet, I will, I would like to know. I, I will uh, maybe clean it. I will look into oh, the matter. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. So we have. Um, so, what it, first of all, what is this list and why is it half? Yeah. Okay. So, what is this list doing here? The list, remember what we saw about lists of families? Yes. What would we say about lists of families? It, lists of families, they always conclude a segment or begin a segment or, or you know, it's a way of bringing closure to an issue. Yes. So, whenever Esav, his whole story is over, we list his family. When Ishmael's yes. story is over, we list the families Correct. of Ishmael. Correct. Right? And any time we saw a list from then on, we interpreted it in that way, as if there's some matter. Whenever Yaakov and his family come down to Egypt, they're about to change, bring closure to again. the whole Yosef saga. Again, you count the whole family. And then again, when, we, and then the, and then and again, then starts when, we're, again. when we're starting the, the slavery in Egypt, yes, the new you, thing, again. you do that another count. Yes. Now here, Moshe and Aaron are about to begin the plagues. Correct. So again, we're starting a new thing. Uh, the way I describe it is we've hit rock bottom. Moshe and Aaron, right. in, right. their, in their trying to help in Israel, first they're have to go lowest. down. Now they're at the lowest. Now they're at the lowest. Correct. From now on, it only it's gets better. Yes. So now that it only gets better, we give the list of the background of Moshe and Aaron. The so question like a, is... It's like an introduction to your opinion? In, in a sense. Now, now why... <laughs> essentially, the whole point of this list is to give us, is to tell us the backstory of who are the ancestors of Moshe and Aaron. Where, how, going down from Levi, how do you get to Moshe and Aaron? The only question is, why, was the na- why were the names of the parents of Moshe hidden to us from the beginning? Why do we even need a lineage now? Because if you remember, how are we introduced to Moshe? Yes. They didn't give the names, correct. So if the Torah... So we know why it's giving us a list of names, because we're hitting rock bottom, we're starting something new. 
But why, why are we lacking this information already to begin with? Why did the Torah have to introduce us to Moshe with Why did it have to introduce us to Moshe in an anonymous way? Is it because it wants to give honor to the father? Wouldn't it have been more honor to the father if it told us the name the of the father? At the beginning? No, I mean, it could have... Why didn't it tell us Correct. Then it would have really given honor to, uh, to, uh, to Amram and Yocheved for bringing Moshe into this world. So the most convincing answer I've heard is that this is a way of leadership very often is hereditary. Monarchs give their rule over to the sun. To the sun. Correct. And very often any, any kind of kavod very often could be attributed to the father. Not to the son. Not to the son. So what the Torah was doing is it's saying, Moshe comes from just regular parents. He came from just a regular, regular household. Don't think that because he was born to some holy man or to some, some great tzaddik or to some very wealthy person or to some very powerful person, that's, that's why, why he ended him. up becoming the leader of Bnei Israel, and that's why Hashem is picking him. Because the beginning of Moshe's story, if you look, it's all one story that's trying to explain who Moshe is and why he was picked. Remember in the, the beginning of Shimon? Yeah, the psychology of and that's how we analyzed it last week. And if it would have told us his parents' names, it would have been and we would have, ah, he is from the family of Levi, and, and he's from the great son of Amram, and we would have thought, oh, it's because he's the son of Amram that he is the leader. But the Torah said, no, 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 the, the parents are irrelevant. The parents are irrelevant. Moshe's leadership has everything to do with his own qualities. And the lesson is that the Torah's ultimate value is that the people who are chosen as leader should be actually, should actually merit being the leader. So like, like, David, like David. Like David, yes. who, is the, who merited being the leader. Correct. We're going to start studying about Shilomo. Now, I don't know, again, the Torah in the Nevi'im, it seems like the line of David is the line of kingship. Now, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's that we believe in hereditary rule or, or, or it's, it's just because simple. David was such a tzaddik. So we, whenever we talk about Mashiach, we want him to be in, in the, the tradition of David. Okay, very you know? wow, wow. So, so I'm not sure because I don't want to go as far as saying there's a problem that Shilomo became king after, after David. I'm not saying that. But there is a clear value in the Torah that it's not that the leadership has to be earned. That's why the backstories of our leaders are always well yes. described. The leaders are always not arrogant people. They don't want the job. They have to be pushed into, they have to grow into the part and so on. Okay? So. Maybe, maybe the, the, it doesn't mention the names because the connection between the parents of Moshe, it's not a kosher connection. Lama? It's no, Dodato probably means a cousin or something. I don't know, you have to look into the thing. You, you typically can't... Um, but there was not yet, not yet laws. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but anyways, it's teaching, anyways, here it tells us the whole lineage. And if you, if you want to say that it's Yocheved, it says it Yocheved Dodato, but let's see if it gives us exact... Because sometimes Doda doesn't have to mean aunt. You know that. 
no, it's not, a, it's not a difficult issue. It's not like a big problem. Um, but I don't think that would... Anyways, okay, but let's put that issue aside. We're, we know that Amram married his aunt at the end. Yes. So, what, they couldn't tell us earlier because it's Gilu Ayarod, but now they're going to tell us because so, so we know it's Gilu Ayarod later? To introduce him with the idea that... Okay, okay. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not so into it I'm not even so sure The translations all say that it's his aunt It's right, I, n- I never paid attention to that and, and, and it doesn't matter because this is not yet uh, We don't have the Torah Yeah, exactly the, Technically, the, the, mitz, uh, mitzvot, Technically uh, it doesn't matter Because anyways, there's no, there are no uh, mitzvot yet Okay yes. Now, now and if you they look, they were anyhow marrying in within their tribe. Yeah, so this is very common. Uh, uh, they say every all the the shvatim married their married sisters, the sisters. Sisters, yes, yes. They say these Dina, things. Dina, Dina, Dina was married with one of. How did a kind and Hevel have? Uh, yes, Ibn, yes, Adam and Chava yes. gave birth to twins. Uh, kind of, uh, this stuff is like uh, I don't know how seriously they kept these laws earlier. Okay, sorry, we only we only got through. <laughs> <laughs> explaining why Aaron and Moshe introduced, we didn't even answer why the list starts with Reuven and, and doesn't start why? with Levi. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm, why, I'm why opening it up. Why, why is that? Maybe we is can that, ask Rabbi Moshe. It, it Rabbi starts, Moshe question. Rabbi Moshe question. In the beginning of Parshat Ba'ira, it starts with it introduces us to Moshe and Aaron and their families. And it seems like the whole purpose of the list is to tell us the ancestry of Moshe and Aaron. However, the list starts with Reuven and ends with Moshe and Aaron. Meaning, it seems like it's it's a little bit redundant that it would even begin with just, Ruben. Because it would just be... Just start with Levi, Levi and that's it. This is the family of Aaron Moshe. Ruben, Shimon, Levi. Ah, it's not even Shimon. No, it's not even Shimon. It's not even Shimon, it's Shimon. Shimon is there, Shimon is there. Yeah, Shimon is there. Here is there. Later on, it's not going to be there. I'm not sure I didn't hear an answer that way. Difficult question. Okay, by Sunday. Rabbi, by Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> At least we ask good questions here. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen, amen.